0: Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith.
1: There was a tenacity of faith. We instill faith in the lives of our children, in the lives of those around us, in the lives of people that we influence. When we go through the hard times and we still believe God. When we see the giants and say, God's bigger than the giant. And see, that's what's happening in the story. You're seeing this beginning and they're beginning well. Joshua has died and the work of God doesn't die with any man.
0: Reaching up high with arms open wide we see. You're changing our lives. Our families and friends are watching how we live out our faith. We can be a good example or a bad one. Will your experience be an encouragement and inspiration or an example of how not to live a life of faith? As Pastor Ed teaches us in today's message, when we trust God and allow Him to impact the world through us, that work goes beyond our short years in the flesh. His work goes beyond our limited capabilities and reach and continues on for generations. Now, here's Pastor Ed with today's edition of Building in Faith.
1: Building in Faith. The Book of Judges. I think it's one of the most interesting books to go through. It's a book that you learn what not to do by the mistakes of so many of its people and leaders. Chapter one, verse one, to chapter two, verse five. So we're gonna be covering the whole first chapter and then the first five verses of chapter two. The title of the message today is The Burden of a Partial Success. The Burden of a Partial Success. In the book of Judges, the first chapter, Verse 1, after the death of Joshua, the Israelites asked the Lord, who will be the first to go up and fight for us against the Canaanites? The Lord answered, Judah is to go. I have given the land into their hands. Then the men of Judah said to the Simeonites, their brothers, come up with us into the territory allotted to us to fight against the Canaanites. We in turn will go with you into yours. So the Simeonites went with them. I just want to make a comment. Simeonites were a very small tribe. They were allotted land within the territory of Judah, the southern tribe. And that was the way it was with many of the tribes. They had portions of land allotted in each other's territory. It would be like uh, New York state owning Philadelphia, you know, or Pennsylvania owning Albany, something like that, where you own property within the territory of one of the other tribes. It was done this way by God so that they would partner with one another, help one another in this battle of faith So the text says, they said to them, come and be involved with us, and we'll be involved with you. Now, there's a commentary that the narrator, the writer, inserts in verses 19 and 21. It says, the Lord was with the men of Judah. They took possession of the hill country. But notice this. They were unable to drive the people from the plains because they had iron chariots. Now, as Moses had promised, Hebron now was given to Caleb, who drove from it the three sons of Anak. Those men were giants, huge, huge men. And when the Israelites first saw them and Moses sent out the spies, they said, we can't take the land. Those guys are too big. And Caleb said, no problem. God can do anything. The Benjamites, however, failed to dislodge the Jebusites who were living in Jerusalem. The city was partly conquered and partly not. To this day, the Jebusites live there with the Benjamites. Doesn't get fully conquered until David conquers Jerusalem and makes it his headquarters and makes it the capital of Judah and then the capital of all of the tribes. And that happens in 2 Samuel. So it gives you an idea of what's happening. Now, what happens in verse 22, it says, the northern tribes, it begins with Joseph, and Joseph has two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh. The house of Joseph, and speaking about both of those, they attack Bethel, and the Lord was with them. Now notice it says God's with them, God's directing them. Then at the summation, verses 1 to 5 in chapter 2, we see an angel of the Lord go up, and he has a word for the people of God and it makes them weep, cry. Then in verse six of chapter two, a second introduction begins. It's sort of a rollback. It goes back and they look back again. Uh, It's the second introduction. This book has two introductions. The burden, the burden of a partial success. It's easier sometimes to conquer a land than to occupy it. In the book of Joshua, they conquer the promised land. It's theirs. In the book of Judges, they're going to go about occupying the land. And sometimes it's more difficult to occupy our victories than it is to get to the place of victory. An illustration of that today would be Baghdad. You you think of Iraq, what's going on there. We won the war. We took over the city, but yet there's ongoing conflicts as we're trying to occupy and change things there. The book of Joshua shows you a tremendous contrast. Even though Joshua is followed by Judges, they're worlds apart. In the book of Joshua, you have conquest. In the book of Judges, it's a sad story of defeat. Joshua is a book of faith. Believing Judges is a book of unbelief and disobedience. Joshua, the people are united in following God's man, Joshua. In Judges, it's full of anarchy, as everyone does what's right in their own eyes. They do what they see, or think, or feel. In Joshua, God's word is central, people submit to its authority. You remember in Joshua 1, God gave that word to Joshua, to meditate in that word day and night, and to practice everything in it. In the book of Judges, the word of God is neglected and forgotten. You see this contrast. Now when we say judges, it's not like the judges that we have in our culture today, who sit in courts and legislate law and are involved with legal situations. The judges in the book of Judges were people who were like uh, chiefs, uh, men who were raised up by God to bring deliverance at a time of trouble in the nation's history. Uh, They were more like warlords, raised up by God to be military leaders, as well as help bring order to the nation. But as you go through the book of Judges, Nathaniel, the first of the judges, is a good man. And you see Samson, such a failure. It's a downward spiral. It goes from bad to worse. But in that book, you see the grace of God written over every page. Where God is teaching and instructing and showing and leading. I want you to look at the seeds that were sown that created the burden of a partial success. Partial success can be really difficult, and it was difficult for them. First, notice that the divine directive was partially fulfilled. They get a word from God, he speaks to Judah, go up, I've given the land into your hands. So God gives them a word. They inquire, God, Joshua's dead, now what should we do? He said, now you go up and take the land. And so they talk to the Simeites their brethren, and they go up and they fight this battle together, and God promises them a victory. And they have early victories, early triumphs. In fact, as they begin the walk with God, God begins to pile up testimonies for them. Now, let me just state that in another way. If you walk the walk of faith, God will give you a story to tell. If you walk the walk of faith, God will give you a story of faith that will sustain you, that you could pass on to others, that you can find sanctuary and strength in. And that's what's gonna happen, because as they go through the land, they begin to eliminate the Canaanites. Now I know our culture looks at that and says, that's horrible, but they forget a couple of things. First of all, God is the judge of all the earth. And the Canaanites had offended God. They had sinned. They were lascivious. They were awful. And if you read some of the literature about how the Canaanites lived and how they acted, uh, they were a snare to the people of God. And God said, okay, I've been patient long enough. Judgment's coming. And he judged the Canaanites. And he said, you're to wipe them out. You're to be my instrument of judgment upon them. And so they went forth to eliminate The Canaanites, and I could imagine some people like they said today, how could God do that? Kill all those people? Well, Adonai Bezek gives a testimony in verses five to seven. He's one of the kings, and it says, it was there that they found Adonai Bezek and fought against him, putting to rout the Canaanites and the Perizzites. Adonai Bezek fled, but they chased him and caught him and cut off his thumbs and big toes. So they disabled him. Then Adonai Bezek said, 70 kings with their thumbs and big toes cut off have picked up scraps under my table. Now God has paid me back for what I did to them. They brought him to Jerusalem and he died there. Now I wanna just focus your attention on it. What happens is Adonai Bezek says, I deserved judgment because what I did to others was done to me. He was cruel. He incapacitated kings and rulers, and he brought them to his table and ate the scraps from the table like animals, like dogs. He humiliated them. And so God's mills turn very slowly, but very surely, and they grind very finely. Sometimes we wonder, when, O God, when, O God, will you right the wrongs? He has a timetable, and he will do it. In his time, in his way, he will glorify his holy name. And what happens at this point is there's a testimony from this king. Justice is being done. Now that would have been an encouragement to Judah. It would have been an encouragement to the Semenites. They could be able to say, wait, God is affirming the direction we're going in. So they have this testimony, and then it shows you another vignette. It shows you an ideal family. Someone outlived Joshua, it was Caleb. He was an elder in that community. He was a man of faith, and he instilled faith into his children. So much so that when his daughter was married, and she had her dowry, and... Othaniel, her husband, had received that dowry. She said, listen, ask my father springs of water because there was about four inches of rain every year in that area. So they needed the springs of water, upper and lower springs. And she came with a boldness, but with the humility. She was on a donkey and she came and she said, let me have those springs of water. And her father, Caleb, granted that. There was a tenacity of faith. We instill faith in the lives of our children, in the lives of those around us, in the lives of people that we influence. When we go through the hard times and we still believe God, when we see the giants and say, God's bigger than the giant. And see, that's what's happening in the story. You're seeing is beginning and they're beginning well. Joshua has died and the work of God doesn't die with any man. Moses dies, and then Joshua comes, and Joshua dies, and then God's still working. That's all through history. So here, you have this godly people beginning to seek God, and God gives them direction, and God gives them a testimony from the king. Yes, this is the rightful retribution, and then there's a godly family, the Caleb's family there, and whatever you start going in God's direction, there's there's gonna be testimonies in your life, stories in your life, stories of faith, how God has answered prayer, how God has delivered, how God has spoken, how God has helped. That's why time and time again, as we've went forward, I went backward with the church, going back to remind us what God did in the past so we could meet the challenges in the present. You look at your journey and you realize, God, you met me there. You help me in this hard place. You'll help me in this place. But what happens now is there's a fly in the ointment. And it just ruins things. In verse 19, the Lord was with the men of Judah. Notice he's with them. They took possession of the hill country, but they were unable to drive the people from the plains because they had what? Iron chariots. Oh, iron chariots. I mean, that must have seemed formidable. And it was. I'm not meaning to minimize it. But then look what happened to the Benjamites. However, they failed to dislodge the Jebusites. And so they were living together until the days of David. That's what it indicates until the time David changed and fully conquered Jerusalem. So here you have Judah and the Benjamites both faltering. Does anybody remember that verse about chariots in the Psalms? Some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. See, what happens is they begin to forget that God is God of the mountain and the God of the valley. He's the God of the big paycheck and he's the God of the small unemployment check. He's God when you're sick And he's God when you're healthy. He's God when you feel like you're walking in success. And he's God when you feel like you're tripping and falling over your own feet. See, he's God all the time. And see, what happens here is they have to be reminded that God is God. Just turn a few chapters ahead. Go a few chapters ahead. You find a woman. Her name is Deborah. She sees chariots. There's 900 of them. No problem. She saw God. It's not the size of our problems. It's the size of our faith. It's not the circumstances that we face. It's the faith in God that resides within our heart that enables us to go forward and not to come up against the wall and feel like that's it. So what happens here is they fail to remember God is God all the time. And you see that the divine directive is partially fulfilled. Incomplete obedience is the fatal flaw to complete success. When we partially obey, we partially succeed. It is not easy to win the victory. You have to fight, you have to get in the battle. Sometimes you have to get your hands dirty. Sometimes you have to pray. Sometimes you have to fast. Sometimes you have to read the word and meditate on it and quote it to yourself. Sometimes you gotta let yourself speak to yourself when you begin saying to yourself, hey, why not trust in God? Why are you so discouraged? And you begin to talk to yourself and begin to speak faith into yourself. Have you ever been there? Well, you have to begin to say to self, self, you need to listen to God. Self, you need to live in the word self, you need to look to the Lord. Now, don't let unbelieving self defeat believing self. Uh, Some people, the moment they get up in the morning, it's going to be a bad day. Oh, I feel the aches. I just know it's not going to work out well today for me. And then they get home at night, and then if their spouse won't listen to them, they go in front of the mirror and complain to themselves. I mean, it just it never ends. And so you got to walk in faith. you got to walk in belief. you got to trust God that he can take you and you can go and accomplish what he wants you to accomplish in your life. And you can take the promised land. See, he promised us a promised land. He said you can occupy it. But occupying it sometimes is harder than getting there. I mean, you get there at a youth rally and you feel the presence of God at these altars and you feel the power of God and you walk home and then everything has changed. But how many know you got to keep that victory? I mean, somebody must know what I'm talking about. I mean, you get to the hill, you get to the country, you sit down and all of a sudden, the enemy wants to take from you what you have. The enemy wants to rob the promises of God out of your heart, out of your life. When you're in the battle, Realize that the battle doesn't end until you cross the Jordan, until you finish the race, until you have left this world and entered the world to come. And so it's important when God gives you a directive, well, oh God, it's, it's a little hard. How about negotiating on it, Lord? And, and partially fulfilling it becomes an incomplete success, and it becomes a burden. I mean, now, I had planned to come back on Thursday of this week. We were in Florida on vacation; just had a wonderful time. And except for Thursday, we were up early in the morning and getting everything packed. Went to the airport and uh, got there. And plane was going to be delayed. It was 10 o'clock. It was supposed to take off, and is, I think it started off at 1:10. I said, "All right, a few hours wait. I could read. You know, I could study. You know." And then it went on a little while. Got close to 1 getting happy, you know, It's a good, good, get ready to go. And then they, they moved it to 140. And it oh, was a little bit longer. Then they moved it to 210. See, the delay had been because it was fog in New York on Wednesday morning early. I didn't know about that. Anyway, so there was fog and somehow the plane wasn't on time. And then the co-pilot didn't show up. And so I said, you know, this might not be a good flight to get off. I felt like I was in a twilight zone or something, yeah. So, so it's four o'clock, finally, 4.10, and, and uh, there's a big crowd of people, all these people up at the desk, and the people trying to calm everybody's nerves. Now, I wasn't at the desk, you know, my wife and I were sitting, we were calm, <laughs> praying, but calm. <laughs> and so the word gets back to us, it's a 50-50 chance that the flight will happen. And so nearing on five o'clock, and I said, oh Lord, I hope this doesn't happen. (laughs) And sure enough, it didn't. And so I went down and made arrangements to come on Friday, but the only day they had, the only place they had, they didn't have white planes, they had uh, Newark Airport. So it was a little more difficult, but got here. But we were successful in getting back, but not fully successful because uh, I had things planned to do on Thursday, and I didn't get back until Friday night, and so I'm trying to get ready for Sunday morning, and all those things going on. And, and you know, there can be this burden sometimes when we don't have a full, a partial success, and that's what's happening. And here is a second aspect. The first was the divine director was partially fulfilled, and that leads to a partial success. The divine presence was partially realized. In the text, in chapter 1, again, it says that God was with them. God was with them. In Judges one twenty two, the house of Joseph attacked Bethel. Now, just to give you a little history on that, Bethel was where Jacob encountered God and said, this is the house of God. And over the years, the Canaanites took over, and they called the city Luz, and um Joseph had two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh. They became two of the tribes of Israel. And so they were gonna go up and fight against the Canaanites. But what happens is they get the victory. You know, the Lord helps them. But how they do it, there's a contrast. Now, I I want you to go back with me and think about the spies that were sent out by Joshua. When they saw Jericho, when they saw the land, Remember Rahab? She said, no, no, God's with you. We've heard about that. And, and she became a believer. She made a testimony. Well, here they meet this man coming out of the city of Luz, which is later Bethel. And they say, listen, we'll make a deal with you. Show us how to get into the city. So they're probably looking for the water shaft. It's usually hidden and they could find their way in and have a sneak attack and get in there. And then they said, listen, if you help us, we'll treat you well. We'll be faithful to you. We'll let your family go, you go. Instead of being faithful to who? Instead of being faithful to who? Uh, Notice the contrast. Joshua, when the spies go into the land, they're fearing and trembling because they're hearing about God. And Jericho is a fortified city. And that city is fortified. That would be hard to get in there. But God's working. Here's the spin. Spin doctors lived back then too. Here's a spin they put on it. Diplomacy. We're going to use some diplomacy here. We'll get the city. We'll conquer it. It's dangerous when we try to do God's will our own way. When we try and just compromise instead of letting God work in his own way.
0: Throughout the history of the nation of Israel, there have been various forms of leadership, from the creator of heaven and earth, to kings, to judges. The Book of Judges details the time when God chose judges like Othniel and Deborah to make right ruling in Israel. Join us each day as Pastor Ed shares with us verse by verse from the Book of Judges. You've been listening to Building in Faith, the radio ministry of Dr. Edward Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. Now, we want to encourage you to log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and spend some time getting to know us. Visiting the website will also help you stay current with what's being broadcasted here on Building in Faith. At the website, you'll find today's message for you to listen to again, download, or even post to your Facebook page to share with your family and friends. Again, that's all available when you log on to buildinginfaithradio.com. Or, if you'd like, you can always give us a call. Our phone number is 845 462 Fifty nine, fifty five. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. In the next edition of Building in Faith, Pastor Ed will continue teaching verse by verse through the Old Testament Book of Judges. So be sure to join us. Until then, may God richly bless you.
1: Your Word restores Ed.